0: Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to
1: rumble! (laughs) Special technique of shadow
0: boxing. 20 episode of the Boxing Source radio show. I am your host, James Bell, the leader of the Boxing Source. You can follow us on Facebook, going to the Boxing Source. You can also go to Twitter and follow us at Boxing Source, too. We are also on Instagram through the Boxing Source, and you could um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We currently have this particular podcast now, so I'm going to catch it on YouTube. So you could you know, listen live through uh, YouTube. Number to dial in is 347 237 5539. That's 347 237 5539. Press one key to get our queue, and you'll be able to talk live on the show. Um, if you also join us on Facebook, there is a link to join live through YouTube as well. So um, you could um, talk with us um, from the YouTube um, portion uh, on the show too. So um, what we're going to do is go through the particular bouts that happened in Las Vegas, at the NGM Grand Conference Center Grand Ballroom. And we'll, you know, go through the highs and lows of that particular, you know, fight card. Um, on Tuesday and on Thursday, and then look ahead to the uh, fight cards that are coming up this Tuesday and this Thursday. Um you know in i i kind of um you know had like some good and some bad um with uh what happened on Tuesday and Thursday uh because you know this was like like i said this was the first uh you know couple of fight cards that uh, happened in the US um You know, since, uh, what was it, like March 7th? remember they tried to do something on uh, March 14th, but those events got canceled, particularly over in New York City and in the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, So now you had the long-awaited time for uh, these fights to come on through top rank. And, you know... For me, in that first uh particular fight card that happened, you know, waiting for, you know, the main event, Shakur Stevenson versus Felix Caraballo. Um, Shakur Stevenson fighting at one hundred and thirty pounds. Uh they did have your know, first uh fight on the card. Uh you know, Rob C. Ramirez uh was, you know, featured in that um first Fight, um, you know, Robert C. Ramirez had gotten that first round knockout, um, and it was like within a minute, um, and that like started around seven twenty or so p.m. Eastern time, and then you know after that, it was a good little while before the second fight came down um, between Quartavius Cash and Calvin Metcalf, um, and, you know, that particular bout uh, that went, you know, almost a full six rounds. Uh, there was, you know, what headbutt that happened um, in the middle of that particular fight um, that caused a cut over Calvin Metcalf's eye, uh, but Quartavius catch pretty much, you know, dominated that particular bout up uh, to that point he just didn't score any knockdowns, um, or have, you know, Calvin Metcalf seriously hurt. Um, you know, if you caught, if you caught the live, uh, while it was, you know, doing the, uh, those two fights, the Robercy Ramirez fight and the Quartavius Cash fight, you would have uh, seen me enjoying that second particular fight, uh, for a certain reason. Um, but Quartavius Cash was back on the winning streak. Um, or, or, or on the winning column so to speak um, as he had you know a little bit of a you know a little bit of a struggle through his past few fights so he is able to get himself um back into the winning column all uh, right he had started his um career i think 11 and 0 pro career at 11 and 0 uh but then after that had lost um you know was two fights um Two next fights, so he was uh, coming in there trying to you know get back in the winning column, and he was able to do that against Calvin Metcalf, who really didn't have uh, much of a shot there. Calvin Metcalf only threw arm punches throughout the whole particular fight. He was just trying to you know go into the inside and throw arm punches instead of you know taking his time in, in timing Quarteyvis Cash. While on the other side, Quotanius Cash was sharp on a lot of his punches. His form was, like, very crisp and had a lot of emphasis behind his punches. And, you know, he was connecting with pretty much a lot of his shots. Um, nothing really uh, with much power behind it, uh, but still he was able to score very well. And he got the technical decision win with the scores of 60 to 54 60 to 55 and 59 to 55 are there. So Cortez Cash uh, got that win. And then the next fight uh, that happened, uh, you had Guido Vianello versus Don Hainsworth. Uh, Don Hainsworth was just showing up there to get the check. Um, The weigh-in, Don Hainsworth weighed in at 295 pounds. Uh... And he's, you know, not necessarily a tall dude. Uh Guido Vianello, uh, you know, was young guy, fairly young guy, uh starting off um six you know, had six KOs, but then I was able to knock down uh, Don Hainsworth um, <laughs> in the in the first round and you know, Hainsworth was just pretty much like, you know, kneeling down a little bit when uh Jaden Navy was counting and then after that J.D. just stopped the count and stopped the bout for um, Guido Villanello to get the win. Uh, the next fight, which ended up being a co-feature bout, uh, had uh, from you know, Toledo, Ohio, Jared Anderson, who was a real big baby, uh, going up against Johnny Langston. Um, and that was you know uh, Jared Anderson's fourth pro fight. Uh, he was able to have the uh fight stopped at the one fifty five mark in the third round um it was the first fight that he had past first round uh but even in that particular fight uh Jared anderson was able to showcase a little bit of his skill uh there against the johnny langston um you know he was getting hit a good amount of times in that particular bout uh but Still, even with that being said, um, he showed like he could be a very good uh, fighter uh, to watch out for uh, in the future, you know, being there under, you know, top rank. um, They have a good little bit of a stable of fighters there in the heavyweight division. Um, You know, given Jared Anderson's uh, nickname, he might be slated to fight a particular fighter that did get signed by top rank Um, and will have their first fight under the top rank banner pretty soon. Uh, So Jared Anderson getting his stoppage win over uh, Johnny Langston uh, to go to 4-0 and have uh, four KOs registered. Um, Main event was the WBO featherweight champion fighting as super featherweight, Shakur Stevenson going up against Felix Carabal. Um Carballo, uh was kind of like a uh replacement opponent um because the the original plan was to have um you know Shakur Stevenson um you know, in about, you know, a fairly you know, a little bit of a more competitive bout, um uh, so to speak, um against Rafael Rivera. Uh but Rivera couldn't make it due to visa issues, so on two weeks notice, Felix Carabaya was uh, placed in as the opponent. Um and you know, with that being said, you you had Shakur Stevenson pretty much in a showcase type of a fight against Felix Caraballo. Carvalho was just coming there, going forward, not really throwing punches in a come forward style, while Shakur Stevenson was able to use his range, his little speed, and use the use the right jab in order to keep his distance from Caraballo. Um, at one at one point in this this fight. Uh he did kind of hurt his left hand a little bit. Um there was a little bit of a concern that it was like, you know, fairly damaged, uh, but he was still able to get uh through this particular fight and score the uh knock knockout victory uh, you know, with a body shot. Uh, so he, you know, was able to stay undefeated. Um and It's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, with Shakur Stevenson. Um, You know, kind of like talk with, um, you know, a few people uh, after the fight. um, You know, he's saying that he's going to, you know, pretty much be at 130 pounds. So uh, you're not really going to see, um, you know, you're not really going to see uh, Stevenson defend that WBO featherweight title. Uh, They're kind of looking to move him up in weight, uh, put him at 130. um, And you have a few guys there at the 130-pound division. One of them he's not going to really be able to uh, face. So looks like um, Shakur Stevenson uh, will wait it out uh, for the winner of the WBC super featherweight title fight between Miguel Burchell and Oscar Valdez. Yep, that Oscar Valdez that ended up relinquishing that WBO featherweight title to move up in weight in order to face Miguel Burchell. Okay. Um yeah, so after Shakur Stevenson was able to win that WBO title, He was slated to, you know, um, defend that WBO featherweight championship on March 14th, but was not able to. Um, Therefore, uh, they said that they were going to have him featured as the first fight back in uh, top ranks card. So uh, that's what uh, we saw there. Uh, I kind of felt like, I mean, for me, When it comes to us, of course, Stevenson, a lot of people feel that he has a lot of talent, um, but he's not someone that kind of gives that wow factor, um, so to speak. Um, When it comes to young fighters that we talk about, whether it's in the 130-pound division or 126, 130, or 135, there's a few young fighters that are out there uh, that, you know, boxing fans, boxing people talk about. Um, and, you know, the thing about that is, is you know, with that being said, we don't necessarily um, get it from Shakur Stevenson um, all that much. Um, so, you know, for me, I, I feel like uh, Shakur Stevenson, does have a little bit of work to do, um, if he does move up to 130 pounds, maybe he'll, he'll get himself, um, you know, into that type of uh, weight and frame with his frame and see if he can utilize his skills and mix in a little bit of power uh, with that uh, before uh, he goes up and faces like, likes of uh, Miguel Burchell. Uh, they're 130 pounds or, you know, someone else there at that super featherweight division. Uh, so, I mean, that's kind of like what, how I, was, like, summarize, um, you know, those, um, you know, those bouts are there uh, at, you know, the MGM Conference Center Grand Ballroom. Uh, That was uh, June 9th, and like I said, I mean, it was, what, like, uh, almost three hours or so how they, like, gone through the, you know, the fight card. You know, I had originally started out a uh, live telecast or simulcast uh, to give, like, uh, reactions to the fight card, Uh, but... You know, after that first fight, it was a good little bit until the second fight. And by that time that second fight was done, uh, it was like 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Um, And they still had, you know, the three uh, bouts still on the docket. Uh, So after they um, went through those first two bouts, the next three kind of like went in, you know, good enough succession that the flow didn't kind of get taken away. Uh, there, So that end of that fight card, they kind of, like, did things fairly well as far as, like, timing and bringing the fighters out and having them uh, prepared and ready to go, even, you know, with the protocols and everything that they had to follow uh, for it. But in the June 11th card, uh, that one, you know, that had been on... At 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and they had started it, you know, with the uh, co-feature, quote unquote, co-feature bout between Adam Lopez and Louis Correa. Uh Adam Lopez, who you know had been um, in the ring against Oscar Valdez, um, going up against Louis Coria, and that was a co-feature bout, and that bout was a. Fairly good bout to watch, especially for it to be the opening bout. Um, you know, that thing, you know, with the uh, full 10 rounds, um, and it was the guy um, that they call Blue Nose, Blue Nose, Adam Lopez uh, being able to score that uh, majority decision victory Um uh, they said, like, he won the last two rounds on the, uh, two of the judges' scorecards to pull out the win. Um, for me, I just felt like Louis Correa was there. Now, he was there to fight. That's the thing that, you know, I kind of liked about this particular bout is Louis Correa came in there to fight He came in there to win. I like bouts whether it's, you know, a high-level bout or a low-level bout where no matter what the odds are, that both fighters come in there to win. If you're, like, a a large underdog, usually there's, like, kind of, like, two things uh, that happen. Either you're there to just show up and to make, you know, the feature fighter look good, or you're there to upset that favorite, and Louis Correa was there to upset that favorite, and I like that he was there he was he was like in Adam Lopez's grill from round one to round ten uh Lopez had a couple of instances where he was you know look not looking all too good um you know Louis Correa never gave up at any point of that particular fight uh and you know, that's how you had the uh, decision basically be a majority decision. Um, I felt like Louis Correa landed a whole lot more punches than the Compu-Bots, um kind of like uh, showed uh, during the fight. Um, I, I Like, you can't, like, land like the few punches that they said that Louis Correa landed and being able to affect Adam Lopez like he was able to Affect him uh, so You know with that being said It's like A good you know, A good bout between those Two fighters uh, Adam Lopez Was able to win um, You know a minor title uh, In that particular fight at Featherweight uh, so we'll see where He's going to be positioned In the featherweight division As far as like the featherweight rankings Okay um, You know, they also had, um, you know, Gabriel Muratala uh, going up against Fernando Robles in Bantamweight division, Uh, and Muratala, uh, you know, just was able to take out Robles in the first round um, where there was like about 30 seconds left uh, in the first round. So he has uh, three wins in his pro career with the third uh, knockout uh, that being the third knockout victory. So um that is you know <laughs> that's pretty much all you can uh say about that particular, you know, matchup. Um, you know, you also had Mike Sanchez and Eric Montragom in a four round bout. They traded knockdowns in the first round, uh, but uh then it was Able to go, like, the four rounds that it was scheduled for, and it ended up being a majority draw, um, two scores of 38 to 38, um, with one score of 39 to 37 for Eric Mondragon. Um, so uh, both of those fighters are still unbeaten. They just have a draw on their record. And Then you had the main event. Oh, man. Oh, uh, he had the main event, man. Jesse Magdaleno against Yen Vicente. And you know, coming into this fight, you had Jesse Magdaleno as a highly ranked contender in the Featherweight division. Um, he was within the top five at Featherweight for the WBO. Uh he was ranked he was ranked number one in the WBC. And so, uh, you know, him being a former, you know, a former world champ uh, there at the um, Super Bantamweight division, uh, he, you know, moving up in, you know, moving up in weight uh, and campaigning uh, there at the featherweight division, uh, he, you know, trying to see if he could get, you know, a world title shot. Uh, He did, you know, kind of like win that, um, one of those minor featherweight titles are there within the um, WBC and had, you know, defended it against Rafael Rivera last year. Uh, but him being put in this position against NFL Vicente, um, Vicente just was – and he, you know, looked in there. He was fouling, you know, fouling um, Magdaleno. Uh, You had the whole thing happen in the fourth round where Vicente clearly landed low uh, to where um, Magdaleno dropped his guard. and And then Vicente hit him with a right hand before Robert Bird was able to step in. And so Magdaleno went down to the canvas, and it was like a good amount of time that the fourth round was paused. Um, I thought that, you know, the fight would have been kind of halted there at that particular point. But nope. Robert Byrd didn't do that. He just made the judgment that the NFL Vicente was going to have two points deducted in that particular um, round, and then they continued to the fight. And, <laughs> I mean, for me, man, you know, it, it still was able, you know, they were still able to go through 10 rounds in that particular bout. The next round, you know, uh, Magdalena was able to score a knockdown, but still was not able to, you know, like finish off Vicente um, in that particular round or any, you know, round after that. And, you know, with that being said, you have Vicente in the 10th round. I mean, Magdaleno was well ahead on the scorecards by that last round. And, you know, it, it was uh, something to the point where um, I, I would pretty much say, like, Vicente having another low blow. And that just had Robert Burr say, you know what, man, this is this is it. That's that's it, man. You you done. You you out of here, man. Just forget it. And Magdaleno uh got the um disqualification win. Uh so he only has that one loss to Isaac Doggrave uh that was at Super Bantamweight for that WBO Super Bantamweight championship. Um you have uh, Jason Magdaleno now at a record of 28-1, and Uh, and, you know, he's there as a, you know, contender uh, in the featherweight division. He did call out Gary Russell Jr. That fight's not going to happen, not really going to happen. There's, you know, I, I just don't see Gary Russell Jr. being anywhere near interested in that particular bout um you know i talked with gary senior and he pretty much echoed uh that um you know when i talk with him uh, shout out to uh, gary senior um and um uh, he's going to be um going for surgery on his leg um uh, tomorrow uh so he's going to be uh going through that surgery and uh the recovery process so uh, hopefully he has a you know fast recovery uh from uh that surgery that's scheduled for uh tomorrow so um so there is that um so with magdaleno like i was saying before uh him being rated number one in the w b c he's also like rated around i'd say number four uh in the w b o currently uh, we have to see like what happens. Uh, with that WBO title, um, Shakur Stevenson officially moves up, and makes that WBO title uh, vacant. Um, there is a chance that Justin Magdaleno might fight for that vacant WBO title against McConaughey. So that, that remains to be seen. Um, I'd rather, like, even if Gary Russell Jr. did stay at 126, even though, like, no other champion that's out there, in Josh Warrington and Kanzu, I was willing to fight him And see if they could try to get him in a fight against K. Galahad over in the UK. But I don't know um, if that's going to, you know, be you know anywhere near uh, an interesting fight for Gary Russell Jr. I think that there should be. And, and, and I said this in talking with them. I was on this podcast uh, a couple months ago, a few months ago. They should have Gary Russell Jr. against Devontae Tank Davis on a pay-per-view. That would be a fight, but they aren't really considering that. They want to feature Devontae Tank Davis and a fight where he may, you know, he's most likely going to, you know, get that win. So that's why they kind of lining him up for Leo Santa Cruz by the end of this year. Here we are. We're in uh, mid-June. And, um, you know, won't be that long until we get to the tail end of 2020. Uh, And, you know, Devontae Tank Davis was lined up to have a pay-per-view level fight on Showtime. And so, they're gonna keep that on the schedule. They're gonna keep it on the docket. Um, so uh with that being said, that's you know, the thing with Gavase Tank Davis, uh they're planning to fight Leo Santa Cruz. Uh but for Jason Magdaleno, he's kind of like in a position where he for a world title uh fairly soon. Uh but with this performance that he had against the NFL Vicente, I was not uh that much impressed with that. Um you know at all uh later on down the line um in this um in this uh podcast, we are going to talk about um the fight card fight cards that were announced on June ninth that will take place on June sixteenth and June eighteenth uh which will have a as main event on June sixteenth Joshua Greer jr. Going up against Mike Planya, uh, the co-feature bout is Antonio DeMarco against Giovanni Santillan. Uh, that's gonna actually, I think that's going to be a fairly good fight, Antonio DeMarco against Giovanni Santillan. And the uh, main event for uh, the June 18th card is Jose Pedraza against Miguel lespierre And feature feature is Gabriel Flores Jr. against Jose oh, like Ruiz. So uh, that's, you know, what we you know, have on slate for next week. Uh, so that's going to you know, kind of um, be what I'm going to preview here, um, you know, in the next few moments. Uh, so that's what we got uh, going down uh, so far uh, here in the boxing world. America. They have, you know, a few things that have been planned out uh overseas. They actually did have a fight card over in Finland on uh Friday which was featured um, which featured Marius Walk against Kevin Johnson. Uh with Kevin Johnson losing uh, to Marius walk by unanimous decision. Kevin Johnson has had what is it, almost uh, 60-something fights? Yeah, 60-something fights, man, uh, or whatever it is. Uh, it's been, yeah, 62, right? No, nah, nah, 52, 52. Um, and this was, like, his fifth consecutive loss. Um, he's fought Martin Bacoli Nate Gorman, Philip Hergovich, Daniel Defoe, Andrew Ruiz, Anthony Joshua, Kubrick Pulev. He actually beat Francisco Pianella. That's a, you know, fairly notable name. Manuel Char, Christian Hammer, Derek Chisora, Tyson Fury. Man, he's fought everybody. Harold Scogniers. He's fought every. Literally, Yo, oh, man, yo, you know what? Yo I, yo, I might find a way to get, you know, kids uh Kevin Johnson on the show, man. That, yo, you talk about somebody that's part everybody? Kevin Johnson is for everybody, man. He's for it. hey, what what is that um uh Anthony Hamilton? Oh, I'ma tell everybody. Well, he's for everybody. <laughs> he's like, yo, like come on. <laughs> he's for the who's who in the heavyweight division to say the least. Like my goodness. But, uh, you know, Maris Rock, you know, had – what was it? He had that fight uh, against Dylan White on December 7th over in Saudi Arabia. So, that was his last loss uh, by unanimous decision. And he was able to uh, have this fight here against Kevin Johnson. Uh, so, Maris Rock uh, still, you know, out there um, in the heavyweight division. Um But, you know, he had lost to Vivekan, lost uh, to Big Baby Miller, lost to Archer Spilka, lost to Martin Bacoli, and, like I said, the recent uh, fight against Devin White. But he was able to uh, be part of this fight card that was over in uh, Poland, Konary, Poland, which also had, um, let me see, who else was in this name? Uh, they said, like, uh, what was it, Iwab Koska against Karina Kopinska. I mean, they're having these fights here just to, you know, have fillers uh, for that fight card in Poland. Um, but I think there was, like, another, yeah, there was something in Berlin, uh, Germany, with Jack Kokey, winning an international super welterweight title. What man, you mean to tell me that he's gonna be able to fight for a world title again? Oh um, my goodness, yo, yo. Yo, son, like this this ain't this is something man. So Jack Colek, uh, you know, who's fought, you know, Sergei DeRebinchenko, for Demetrius Andrade, um, fought Dennis Hogan, um I guess he's going to be put in position to fight uh for the world title uh, in the super welterweight division. Um you know, he's had you know most of his fights over in Germany. He you know had the fight against uh Masi Selecki uh, over in Newark, uh the um fight against Sergey Revianchenko over in Minneapolis. So uh that's kind of like what we have here with Jack Colquay. He's able to put, um, you know, himself uh, in position to fight for
1: a world title.
0: A shout out to uh, Fighter IQ uh, joining in through YouTube. Um, if you do want to join in the conversation, you can call in at 347- 237-5539. Or, if you're on YouTube, you can join in uh, through the StreamYard link that's uh, put on there um, you know right now. So, uh, that's what we got and this will be available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor.fm, uh so you'll be able to listen to it at any particular point um after this thing is done. Uh so that's um you know, that's how I was seeing here what was going on uh over the past week. I did talk about you know what is uh, planned uh for or through um top rank uh have to see if um there'll be like any more fights or fight cards coming in um there may be a few things going on in Nicaragua as well uh in the near future you might see a uh, Francisco Fonseca uh being in in a uh, fight uh so that's you know, kind of like what's going on uh there in in that particular instance Um, So, you know, we're just slowly, slowly but surely getting back into it uh, with the sport of boxing. Um, And, you know, even though these couple of fights that were shown uh, on uh, top rank leave a little bit to be desired, um, you know, it's a start. It's a start. Um, I think they kind of you know, we're talking about um how the ratings were uh for you know this fight card I think it was um something to the point where it was like three hundred and fifteen thousand or so um I watched it um I think that yeah three hundred and fifteen thousand I watched it on Tuesday. Um well no, that was Thursday. Uh, it averaged around three hundred and eleven thousand and it peaked at three hundred and ninety two uh thousand viewers. Uh, that was the Thursday card. Um I think the Tuesday card got around that that same, you know, the around, around those same numbers. Um Trying to look for you know that here. The, I mean, like I said, uh, 311,000 viewers for the Magdalena Vicente uh, card. Um, you know, for the. Yeah, the Shakur Stevenson card. Um, not really seeing uh, the uh, ratings. The ratings there for that. Um, did did stumbled the upon. They're saying for Shakur Stevenson, they're planning on getting them back in there. Um, In September Um, But uh, Who knows what that is Going to You know Be against Um, You know He says that he's not going to be sure That he'll remain at 130 pounds uh, But You know He says that He's going to bounce around as far as like being at 126 or at 130 or seeing if they could uh, try to find something at 135 pounds. But I think it'll be a little bit of time before he'll be able to get himself situated um, at 135 pounds uh, there. So that's something that remains to be seen. Um, I'm, you know, kind of like waiting to see what what else is going to be coming up. Within, the, within this month because the, the the bouts that I, you know, have seen or be announced uh, isn't until July. Um, you have the uh, fight between Joe Smith Jr. and Eleanor Alvarez, and, you know, that particular bout is kind of uh, being set for July 16th uh so uh, that one is still you know a good a good ways away you know um that's like what another 6 weeks or so before uh that fight you know ends up happening so uh, from that from this point until 6 weeks we got to have you know some other uh fight uh, that wouldn't, you know, be good enough to have um in, in this particular instance. We we gotta see if there's gonna be, you know, more um coming, you know, down the pipe um there in that instance. Um now it still seems like they're gonna have Daniel DeBoer against Joe Joyce on July eleventh. Um but Yo, know, that you know remains to be seen how the protocols will be, you know, done for that. Um, well, it's actually it's not going to be for uh, July 11th. It's it's gonna they're gonna see if they could just uh, have it uh, sometime in December. And I mean, this was for me that was one uh, fight that I was looking forward to, you know. Um, so, I mean, with that date that they had, uh, July 11th, um, they're saying, like, for this, it, it's a, it's going to be, you know, something where they want to have fans in the stands. So since they want to have fans in the stands, they're not going to go ahead and push for that bout to happen on July 11th. They're going to wait it out, uh, see when more of the safety protocols um, get lifted over in the U.K., and then once that happens then they'll go forward uh, with that bout between Joe Joyce and Daniel Dubois. So we we gotta see like how y'all you know, how all of that shapes shapes up. Um there's also there was also like one fight that um was scheduled through uh PBC that's gonna, you know, be a good amount of time before uh, that happens. Uh, so this is like the 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 cards that we have for uh, top rank is you know basically what we got uh, up to this particular point. Um, you know, haven't really uh, seen much as far as like the uh, smaller fight cards that could be happening like in the areas of like a Philadelphia or the DC area or New York. Or you know, somewhat like Michigan, or um, you know where a lot of these fight, fights and fighters um, kind of reside at. So you know that this is going to be basic, basically, excuse me, basically a wait and see approach uh, to see what happens um, with most of these fights and these fighters. Excuse me, and get water. So I mean. You know, having having this uh, you know break puts uh, things like kind of up in the air as far as like what could uh, happen uh, for the rest of 2020. I think that you know th- this um, break from for three months it's basically been three months from the time that they shut down live sporting events up until now. Uh, It's been three months, and, you know, a good amount of uh, fights have a plan or out the window, and now it's like, what are these uh, promoters, promotional companies, fighters, and uh, matchmakers going to do once action picks back up? Um, I think that you have an opportunity to make – some of the best fights that you could possibly make um, or good action fights where you don't necessarily have to have a big crowd in order uh, for that fight to take place. You know, um, I know that a lot of these promotional companies stress the importance of having a live gate as that kind of drives where the purse comes from for some fighters or particular fighters, okay? Uh, but you got to be able to do something to where you drive the audience to watch it on TV, okay? This was an opportunity on Tuesday and Thursday to get boxing fans and those that haven't really watched boxing that much or haven't watched boxing in a while, to you know, focus on being uh, there on the or seeing the fighters there on on the on the screen. Okay, um, top rank does have you know a deal with ESPN, uh, you know multi fight deal with ESPN where they have to have a certain amount of fight cards be taking place during the year, and I don't know. I don't have the complete um, specifics of their budget, but whatever they have to work with, they're going to have to see if they can get some good enough fights on, you know, their fight cards with the budget that they have. They can't, like, you know, wait until much later on uh, down in the year to try to schedule fight, fight card, that's a fight card, that's a fight card, that's a fight card. You know, um, because you're not going to have, you know, people like investing in, a, like, of course, we're going to have uh, Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder um, late late in the year. But you know, we're waiting on the likes of uh, Vasiliy Machenko versus Teofimo Lopez. Uh, we're waiting for uh, Miguel Burchell versus Oscar Valdez. Because that's going to be, you know, posed as a main event. Um On a top ranked card Uh, You still have um, Instances where You're going to have some of the other heavyweights That are going to be featured uh, Whether it's Jarrell Miller Or Oscar Rivas Or or something like that Um, I don't know if they're going to have Something worked out for um, Kubrat Pulev As Kubrat Pulev is Scheduled to face Anthony Joshua For the Unified Heavyweight Championship Of the World So It's also that um, you have fights that are going to be in the um, light heavyweight division. I did talk about Joe Smith Jr. You know, against Eleanor Alvarez. Uh, That's going to be a um, fight to be like the top contender uh, for the WBO light heavyweight championship. So you have that. um, You also have, you know, um, you know, fights with other world champions that they have uh, there, you know, not just with the Vasomachenko, like I said, with uh, Teofimo Lopez. You also have uh, things there where you have Artic um, that's out there. You have uh, Dimitri Vivald, but he's going to kind of be um, there uh, with our main events. Um, you know, Gavazic is kind of uh, put, you know, Put himself uh, like in retirement. Uh, you have Gervonta Ramirez, but they ain't gonna do that with the <laughs> Roberto Ramirez man. Um, you know, so a lot of a lot of uh, possible you know fights could uh, take place um, within the top rank uh, alone. Um, but you know, still with the other. Uh, promotional companies uh, with you know the guys that work with uh, premier boxing champions you still have a good amount of fights that could be set there um, so uh, it's going to be uh, very interesting to see how they handle uh, the rest of the schedule for the next six months. Um, Senior Fikers uh, adding a caller here from the 813 area code what's going on You're on the boxing Source radio show
1: Hey, what's up, Jay? This is uh, Terrell calling in to check in to see what's going on for the week.
0: Well, I mean, you had the uh, fight that took place on Tuesday and Thursday, you know, headlined by Shakur Stevenson against Felix Carvalho on Tuesday, and then you had the thing with Jesse Magdaleno and Yenadol Vicente on Thursday, man. Um, First fight, you know, in the U.S. uh, since March 7th, so to speak, so uh, what did
1: you think about those? Yeah, you know, we already talked about the uh, Shakur Stevenson fight and this and everything. Uh, once again, definitely glad that boxing is back in the house. Boxing is back as the hashtag goes. Uh, so, I mean, and and even the the Magdaleno fight. Honestly, I didn't watch that, but it's like, uh, I mean, I, I'm, honestly, I'm at a hunger for big time fights, you know. And I I, I know that there's uh a uh, ton kind of mid-level cards that's going to fill out, that typically fill out the year in boxing things like that. But honestly, I, I, I want a big fight. I want a big fight, you know. But aside from that, just uh, let's just glad that boxing's back, and even just to talk a bit, uh, just on boxing talk itself uh, that we kind of spoke briefly on this week with seeing uh, female boxer Michaela Mayer, right? With her uh, positive test, initial positive test for. Uh, the boxing card that I was that I was supposed to be on that, that went on this last Tuesday. Uh she tested positive. Yeah. Uh from that point they eliminated her from the cards, rightfully so. And then from that point, uh she went off to Denver and got her own test. <clears throat> right I found out that uh it, it was indeed negative from that point. And uh, and as a side note, I'm actually trying to get her to jump on our show the four Stephanie, so, so we just talked about her, her experiences in within that within that uh, positive yeah. and negative tests. So, hopefully, she'll respond to me here. Hopefully, soon we can have him on the show here. Uh, maybe in one week or two or something like that. But, I mean, just you think about that you train for a fight, right? I mean, just uh, mm-hmm. not only, on, on, not only the, the physical work, but the the cost of training for a fight, and even even now, it's right. a mental at this point now because you're in we're amidst a COVID environment, so you can't typically train like you used to, you probably can't spar with people like you used to things like that, so there's more middle, middle, uh, a middle troll that goes on here as well, right? And and yep. it's, it's so sad to see that. Uh, I mean, first of all, I'm glad she's healthy. I'm glad she's actually healthy. But at the same time, it looks like they're going to need to go back somehow and revisit the protocols for testing these uh, boxes fights. Uh, And even just read some of that, they were like, well, we're not going to just change anything just yet. But at the same time, but I think if anything that shows these fighters that if they do, if they are identified for a positive test, it will, will definitely behoove them to, as soon as possible, go ahead and get themselves tested independently to see if that uh, the positive test is indeed correct. So, like I so said, you, you can't afford just uh, squandering your opportunities, and especially for uh, like these mid-level fighters that are, not make, that are not making a lot of money. They need to be able to make sure the test is good and make sure. And if it's indeed in, in good, of course, be pulling the car if you don't want to force anyone else's to survive or things like that. But at the same time is there's that's a good piece of news that came out of this last week with her and everything. So
0: Yeah, um you know when I talked with Bob Arum about how these fight cards were going to be um you know executed, uh, uh there was like emphasis, reference to the level of um safety when it comes to uh these fights and these fighters. And you know, the thing with uh Michaela Mayer who was getting to be on that June ninth card, um, you know, for her to get the news that she had tested positive for COVID nineteen at that particular time, uh, that was, you know, a you know, serious downer for her. You know? Um, and then, you know, after going back home basically, and and having her own test, her own independent test, and her coming back negative, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, has her in a little bit of a, like like she has mixed feelings right now. Because she was, you know, preparing herself, you know, she was there undefeated, 12-0, and um, preparing to fight uh, Helen Joseph, and, you know, kind of like being a showcase um, fighter there for that particular fight card, and to kind of like having that taken away from her, you know, that's, you know, that hurts, you know, that hurts, so now with her having like a negative test, uh, they're going to try to see if they can put her in a card in July, Um, hopefully that will work out for her, not sure if it'll be like the same, you know, fight uh, there, but it also kind of like opened things up for like how these fight cars could be handled.
1: Because
0: here we are, it's like this is the first car that they're going to have, and they they have one fighter already out or taken out because of them positive, uh, testing positive uh, for COVID nineteen at that particular fight at that particular time. She's, so So now she can't fight, Kevin Joseph can't fight, um, a fight card that would have had like six fights, he's only knocked down to five, and so the scheduling kind of like gets thrown off a little bit. But I, I had suggested it, you know, earlier in the week, I said, if you're going to have this, this be possible on these fight cards, y'all might have to see about planning to have a backup fight waiting in the wings just in case that there's, you know, someone that tests positive for COVID-19 and not able to fight, you know, because when, before all of this, you had filler fights, right? Where if a fight that was on a televised car ended way too early and they, and they had like a lot of time, um, in between one fight and the next fight, whether it's a co feature bout or the main event, they were put in a, a four round fight or a six round fight in there to fill that time up. So they should see about doing the same thing here.
1: Yeah, you're right about that. And and just even another thing, too, to consider, too, uh, at this point, being I mean, that boxers back was back this week, you got all these other people, uh, whether it be promoters, network executives, things like that. And even boxes themselves, looking at how this was handled, looking at how the events uh transpired, looking at all the protocols that they are supposed to now in regards to uh being properly tested uh correctly that is uh and, the, and basically what I'm getting at this point uh when you look at when you look at sports across across the board now whether it be boxing basketball hockey uh even football to agree I haven't heard too many stories on football but but when I'm getting at I've seen a number of athletes have uh, basically stated that they're hesitant about coming back. Um, I'm trying to think of an NBA player that made a statement this week. Oh, so he's a major player. He basically said, you know, basketball is not that important right now. We just need to be, just be healthy and things like that. But at the same time, I mean, look, those basketball players, they're making big, large salaries. So, once again, these mid-level fighters, they can just afford just to sit back and wait and wait, wait Bottom not They want to get back into the ring. So they're carefully looking at how this is handled. Uh, and in in a sense, would you take more of a risk to rush back, knowing it's not safe? Uh, you know, in in that regard. And honestly, some some people probably would. But once again, that's why they have all these uh, protocols in place right now. And even right now, it's not perfect, as we saw with Michaela Meyer It's not perfect, but I mean, at, at least they're trying to protect the fighters uh, from from just contracting that virus. That's has just simply devastated not only the sports world but the world in general as we as we as been well covered throughout the past uh, few months. But like I said just everyone everyone's watching on this. Everyone's watching. Everyone everyone needs to get it right. And and like I said, just no need to rush. Like we all want sports, we all love sports and we need sports to a degree. But like I said, everyone's definitely watching as it's handled. Yeah, and you
0: know, the way that this um thing will be handled from this point forward is going to affect, you know, sporting events and live events in general. This, and you mentioned, um, you know, the instance of, a, I guess, a basketball player being concerned in that type of thing. You're going to have that a lot. I think you had it um, when it came to baseball as well. Like, some uh, baseball players were concerned about, you know, being able to uh, join in and whatnot. So, um, that kind of uh, was something that would be a concern here for, you know, even not just in the boxing um, industry, but in sports in general. So you have, like, a lot of these things, like they're trying to kick the um, start-up the um, NBA season uh, again over in Orlando or something like that, and To have something for baseball and hockey as well. And then after all that is done, then you're going to have football starting up. Um, So that's going to be even more of a concern as far as how they're going to handle things to where um, you're going to have safety protocols in place. But um, recently, you know, I saw something like where New Zealand uh, was able to have uh, live um, uh, but the thing is, like, New Zealand didn't necessarily have any new cases for a few weeks uh, there. So, you know, that that's why they were able to, you know, kind of, like, have that uh, place. Um, not sure if you were, like, in, in the middle of something or whatnot. There was, like, a lot of background noise. Um, but I'll get you back on here in a bit. Um, yeah, like we're saying there with, with New Zealand, they didn't have any new cases there for a few weeks. Um, so that's why they were able to go through and, and be able to have live events where a lot of people were able to attend and be, you know, there sitting in the stands. Um, but when it comes to, you know, these other countries, you know, not just the US and the UK, but like Germany or other places as well, they still are kind of reluctant to have those. Uh, live events even though there were a couple of things that have happened recently in these countries but that's like a whole other story but here with the sport of boxing we'll see how these uh, you know different events turn out Um, like I said they had something with the um, with the events on June 9th and June 11th and then we're going to have something again on June 16th and June 18th Um, you know, Josh Rear Jr. is going to be the main event on June 16th, uh, you know, and he'll be, you know, facing Mike Lania, uh there. And also, uh, Jose Pedraza is going to be featured on June 18th, going up against mikel Lespierre. So, um, that's going to be the type of bouts that we're going to see here uh, over the, you know, next few weeks. So, you got... Uh, what is it, June 16th and June 18th, and you're going to have something, I guess, June 23rd and June 25th uh, there until we get into July. And then when July comes up, we're going to start seeing more boxing cards come up, not just through Top Rank, but through other, um, you know, promotional companies as well. So that's what I'm going to, like, looking forward to, uh, to see what happens there in that in that instance.
1: Yeah, even just to piggyback on that, with, with these top ranked cars coming up here uh, starting this, this week and going forward, even some, I mean, some like PVC, for example, you, you know, they're, they're sitting back and looking at this model as well, and they know they need to get back in the game. I mean, because at this point, uh, PVC has a network of Fox, FS1, those, all those networks that they host their fights on. So they have many, many opportunities to put on fights as well. So hopefully we can see more coming from them as well. You know, and at the same time, like I said, I voiced a concern about my daughter They want to see a, a big-time fight. Realistically, uh, we, I think we'd be lucky, very lucky, if we were able to see a, a big-time fight between world of weight class, but between a champion or uh, in a defense or something like that. I think we'd be very reluctant if we were able to see that this year. And I mean, going right now, the soon is, I don't think that's gonna happen. Cause these, these uh these guys at the top, they could, could be take off the rest of the year, uh, and just uh, just sit out until things improve economically, and also uh, health wise for the fighters as well. But at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, just to throw another name out, uh, name out there that we talk about all the time, Gary Russell Jr. We know he fought already this year. Until he took be fights once a year, he's he's already been committed to fighting more than. Uh, again this year, uh, <laughs> i almost going to say this dude's name, man. It, it just sucks with him sometimes because cause we, like, we, we talked about this last week. Uh, someone out there like Secure uh, Stevenson, when we talked about this week, they just failed to mention his name. They failed to mention his name. And you know what the thing about it? If they could get him on TV against this guy, he's a speech. Why can't they put him on TV later this year? And if this is only June. It wasn't a rough fight. Uh, he can take two months off and still come back to fight in December and have a good time for a training camp, things like that, you know, and Gary Ruffin's That's once he's there, he's ready to fight, but like I said, uh, it'll be a great way to cap off the air, and, and even with Canelo Alvarez, uh, all the the just tiring back and forth over who he's going to fight next, uh, but like I said, I think it's just, <laughs> it's just a crazy time right now that we have never seen in boxing like this where we don't know who's going to fight, and and when we're gonna have to see the big fight again. We, we we just don't know. Those are all questions that are being answered dated, uh day to day by day, month by month, as things come back together as the boxing world reopens in a sense of words.
0: Well, I mean, you did uh mention Gary Russell Junior, um you know, with him. I think it may be a little bit before he gets uh back in the ring. Um, I, I did talk about um, you know when Jesse Magdaleno mentioned the name of Gary Russell Jr. as far as like saying like i you know he'll end up being a mandatory and that you know he would wanna fight Gary Russell Jr, but you know, I talked with Gary Russell senior earlier today um and he you know said that there's like no real interest for Gary Jr to fight uh jesse Magdaleno uh that's number one, and then number two um maybe a little bit before, you know, Gary Gary Jr. is in the ring because um, you'll have, like, um, with Gary Sr., Gary Sr. told me that he's uh, scheduled to be um, getting surgery on uh, his leg tomorrow. Uh, So he's going to be, you know, getting that surgery tomorrow and then have that recovery um, period uh, before he could, you know, get back and move around so to speak, um, to be there to be in his corner, to be in Gary Jr.'s corner. Uh, so, you know, with that being said, I mean, you you probably won't have Gary Jr. there. Um, Gary Antoine and Gary Antonio Russell might be able to have a couple of fights with uh, Gary Jr. Uh, being there, you know, the trainer there. So Gary Jr. will probably uh, be seen in the ring training those guys uh but when it comes to Gary Russell Junior fighting, I think it may be a little bit before we see that. Um as y'all uh, you know have to get updated news on Gary Sr. as far as like how his uh surgery goes uh tomorrow and what the uh recovery uh period will be for that. Um so that's you know the news in reference to Gary Junior. Um you know other fights that could be happening you know, that's out there within these next few weeks, I think, you know, they could come up with a few um, that that could uh, be a little bit interesting, um, but I know that with uh, PBC, uh, they are planning to have a fight um, card for July 25th, um, the headline being Thomas DeLorme versus Jamal James, um, and that maybe ended up in the uh Fox Studios uh in Los Angeles. Uh but it's not have, it's not really like confirmed one hundred percent confirmed but that's kind of like uh what has been um you know leaked out uh through the boxing media is that Jamal James and Thomas Lorme will fight on july twenty fifth for the uh, vacant WBA welterweight world championship. We know that the super champion is uh, Manny Pacquiao, and, you know, he defeated Keith Thurman, and that um, had Keith Thurman relinquish uh, that particular belt uh, last year. There was supposed to be a fight for the WBA regular championship um, between, like, a disputing. And uh your dentist uh wait, not necessarily uh dentist Ugas, uh, but um you know Beth Futin uh had the uh his title stripped. uh so this is why they're kinda like having this fight between Delorme and jo- Jamal James. So uh at least they have that plan, but that's not for another, you know, six weeks plus. You know. So that's kinda like the deal of uh What's happening with PBC, man?
1: Yeah, uh, the Delorme. He fought Hey, Jay. Yeah. Let me. Let me. I need to jump off right now. I'm, I'm gonna hit you back. All
0: right. All right, guys, No problem. No problem. Um. So, you know, with that being said, um, I, I kind of feel like there's a couple of other of fights that could be made uh, within uh, Premier Boxing Champions. Um, You know, in especially within the um, 154-pound division, I think they have a lot of fighters there in 154-pound division. Um, They do have a few there at 147 pounds um, where they could have a few fights happening in that particular weight class. Um, there's, you know, a few guys that are um, hanging around at
1: 140 uh,
0: that they could uh, make fights with as well. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting, there, um reference to PBC. Uh, the thing is that I, I kind of feel like they may want to, you know, come in and just have, you know, this little fight card uh over at like the Fox Studios in Los Angeles. Um they might have something on uh July twenty fifth and then have something that next week, probably like around August second or something like that. Um I don't know how their schedule is gonna is with uh Fox for this year. So I think that they're kind of like planning a few things uh to happen uh so to speak so uh that's the thing um in reference to b b c um through uh matchroom uh they are looking to you know have a few uh fights uh, coming up in uh you know august like you know the featured fight. Uh, that was scheduled for uh, around this particular time was Dylan White versus Alexander Bebekin. Um They are trying to figure if they're going to have that uh, go through um, around August 8th or around August 15th or something like that. Um, so you have that uh, that's on slate. um you know, you also have the thing with Derek Tazora that was slated to, you know, go up against Alexander Usyk, you know. Um, but that hasn't really been uh, rescheduled. Um, Derek Tazora uh, actually has uh, offered to uh, help in training uh, with Alexander Povetkin, um... You know, he said that he'll, you know, fly over to Russia uh to, you know, get the you know, get um Chisora, uh there to train with Alexander Povetkin. Um so um that you know looks like um that may be a little bit of interest there if Derek Chisora goes over the face or to uh train uh, with Alexander Povetkin Uh, to have the Beckham preparing for his fight against Dylan White, which could be around uh, August 8th or August 15th. Um, Looks like they wanted to have the Taylor-Serrano fight still part of that particular card. So that would be interesting to see how that, you know, ends up. Um, Having uh, Katie Taylor... Manda um be part of that fight card. That's another good matchup that I, I was uh, looking forward to, you know, seeing. Uh, but most of these other fights that have been uh, planned out, will it will be a good little bit of time before you know any of those things materialize. Um, I, I kind of feel like that. Is um, you know something where you're going to have a good amount of time before these spikes materialize. We have to see how these um, you know first, like the travel restrictions go, uh, safety protocols for you know these venues, um, you know large gatherings, how they're going to handle large gatherings from this particular point forward. Um, And once they, you know, have those uh, restrictions, um, you know, down uh, to where more people are able to attend, then they're going to, you know, have the go-ahead for uh, most of these events to take place. Um, I think that's what um, most of these promoters are waiting on, is for these, you know, safety restrictions or safety protocols to uh, be, you know, allow the travel restrictions to be lifted. Once that's done, then um, we'll see more fights be announced. Uh, I think that uh, one thing that's going to be key is to see, like, what happens with that Joe Smith fight against Eloder Alvarez. because I think that is going to – to me, that's a very good matchup. You know, that's not something that, you know, kind of I, I, I didn't really expect uh kind of that to, you know, even be announced. Even though you had uh, Joe Smith Jr. Uh, who did a winning fight in uh, January, um, you know, uh, when he was able to, you know, get a win and, you know, kind of like put himself in position uh, to, you know, maybe be a contender. Uh, For a world title He he defeated Jesse Hart In um, In a bout there on uh, January 11th uh, Over in Atlantic City Um, He did lose to Demetri Babal uh, for the WBA Version of the Light Heavyweight title Um, But you know he's still You know there as a contender Still you know dangerous with a Punch Um, So that's going to be something that I'm Uh, Looking ahead to uh, Once they finalize That fight between Joe Smith Jr. And Elidore Alvarez Former Unified World Champion Elidore Alvarez And that could be a fight That could position one of those guys To fight for a world title Once again Uh, But after that We'll see if they have more uh, Fights that could be uh, Proposed or opened up You know uh, so that they could uh, get things going uh, there. So uh, that's going to be uh, something that we're going to, you know, watch out for is, um sort a fight between uh, those guys. Um, so, you know, other than that, you know, I kind of like see that um, there may be you know, more things uh, later on down the line, like I said, um the uh fights next week with josh greer jr going up against mike plana uh that you know is something where you know joshua greer who you know has uh, had a couple of uh highlights um in 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 his career um i think that you know, this could be a good little opportunity uh, for him, uh, for, you know, Josh Weir to uh, get himself um, in the spotlight um, for people to watch out for. Um, so if he's, you know, able to um, do something where he can um, be a – highlight, you know, create a highlight, uh, so to speak, um, against Mike Polanya, then that could, you know, kinda catapult him uh up to uh doing something and and he he gotta do this man. He gotta be able to do this uh here against Mike Polanya, Like look, man, like Mike Polanya is twenty three and one. <laughs> Uh, from the Philippines, man. Uh twenty three and one with twelve KO. And um yeah, man,
1: uh Woo
0: His resume is looking Swiss cheese like man. Looking Swiss cheese like there, man. Um, you know, uh, it's from um, you know your you're able to look um here on YouTube, man. I'm gonna see if I could uh, put this thing up, man. It, it's like he's fought uh, guys. Um, let's see, Giovanni uh, Gutierrez with only you know nine, you know nine fights. Julio Cacho, thirteen wins, 19 losses. Fought a guy. uh, You know, Santo City, Philippines uh, With a record of 8 wins 30 losses and 4 draws Um, You know, at least he was able to You know, be in that 10 round bout um, In his last fight Um, But, you know Someone like fighting a guy like Renan Portez Portes 10 and 8 13, 18 and 4 Um, He lost to Juan Carlos Payano uh, by unanimous decision uh but you know that you know that was kind of um something where Paiano uh won that fight fairly significantly uh, but like like we're saying here oh three and two twenty one twenty one and four fourteen twenty eight and six nine seventeen and two so i mean that's you know, that's what they got uh here for us um in 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 this in this in this fight card man. Um like I said that Antonio De versus Giovanni Sancian that that's, that's probably going to be the uh, more interesting uh bout uh in this uh fight card we're going to see Giovanni Sancian uh from San Diego uh go up against you know, uh, Antonio DiMarco. And you know, I think uh here in this particular instance, like um Santian has been brought up uh fairly well up to this particular point. I mean he's had, you know, a few you know, a few bouts, good amount of bouts that were scheduled for eight rounds. Uh he's had that for, you know, a good little while since twenty fourteen and twenty fifteen and, and stuff. Then he, you know, went up ahead and fought um, in 10-round bouts in 2017. He was the, you know, WBO or the NABO welterweight champion uh, there at welterweight. And then he fought, you know, he's uh, defended that title a couple of times. And now he's going to be going up against Antonio DeMarco, you know, uh so it's gonna be um something here where he's gonna be able to fight against um a former a world champion in Antonio DeMarco. Um and you know with that being said, uh DeMarco had the world titles at lightweight. Um, you know, he had so, being a world, like I said, a world champion at lightweight, he um, fought the likes of Jesse Vargas, Francis Bartholomew, Omar Figueroa Jr., um, uh, Jamal James. Um, so, it, it's it's going to be, you know, something where we see, like, Antonio DeMarco. I, I don't know, man. I don't know because, yo. Know, uh, DeMarco uh, had his fight against Jamal James last year uh, where he lost by unanimous decision. Um, And it was like a pretty much like almost uh, sweep. But he won like eight rounds. Uh, Jamal James won eight rounds to two by Antonio DeMarco. So um, here, I just think that this is going to be something where Giovanni Sancian um be able to kind of get a, a win uh here uh there's you know a couple of other bouts, Cameron Carll versus uh Bogozon yeah Bogozon Mamanov, and then uh, you have Isaiah Jones against Nicolas Senia no sec. Hold on a second. Sec Niyaz Billy. Sec Billy. All right. So that's going to be another fight there in the middleweight division. Uh, you're also going to have Hector Perez against Juan Torres uh, there in that particular fight card. So um, that's you know what we have on slate uh, for Tuesday night, Thursday night. Uh, you're going to have Jose Pedraza against Mikel Lespierre. Yeah, that's right. Jose Pedraza against who oh, uh against Miguel Lespierre. That hmm, yeah, that's, that'll be interesting. Um you know you had uh Pedraza who did lose to you know Tank Davis af um for that IBF Super Featherweight Championship. Um, you know, he also fought Ray Beltran. Um, so he's been a two-division world champion, IBF Super Featherweight Champion, WBO Lightweight Champion. Uh, did lose to uh Lost his last fight to Jose Cepeda um, in September of last year. Uh, going up against Pierre, Lespierre uh, with 22 wins, one 1- lost in one draw. Uh, He lost to uh, Maurice Hooker last year uh, for the uh, WBO super lightweight title. It was pretty much a near shutout by Maurice Hooker in that particular fight. Um, And um, with uh, Les Pierre, he's kind of like getting himself back into uh, contention um, around that super lightweight division. So that's it's gonna be what the cold feature bout uh, is in that fight card uh let's see you know what else they have on store uh for that fight card. I mean you have uh it' like I said um Gabriel Flores jr against Jose Ruiz uh that is the cold feature bout uh, in the lightweight division. Uh you're going to have uh David Kaminsky um going up against Clay Collard. Um <laughs> Clay Collard um is a you know, an MMA fighter, or was an MMA fighter. Um, and then you're also gonna have um scheduled is Friedman Gonzalez in a fight at Super Featherweight and Victor Rodriguez um, will face Justin Horsley uh, in the Super Lightweight Division. Now, on June 20th, you're going to also have a fight card um, in Mexico. Emmanuel Navarrete is going to be fighting there, um, and he'll be fighting Uriel Lopez with 13 wins, 13 losses, and one draw, so mm, it's going to Probably be an early night uh, So to speak For Emmanuel Nevere, Uh You're going to have um, Carlos Rondeles Versus uh, Edwin Palomares You probably You will have uh, Sergio Sanchez Sergio Chirino Sanchez uh, Against Gustavo Alantina and then Silvia Torres We'll be fighting Edith De Jesus Flores and Ivan Armando Garcia or we'll face Roberto Palomares. Uh so that's you know the uh, fight um cards that we have going for this week. Uh so we're kinda like looking forward to seeing what happens uh with those. Um there's going to be, you know, more to come in reference to those things. Um you know, with that being said, I mean, you have the whole thing that's been going on as far as, like, the announcements of, you know, the Tyson Fury-Anthony Joshua thing. It was like that. that's that's not – to me, there wasn't really news. They were just, you know, announcing that to kind of, like, you know, put water on the fire from what was happening at that particular point. Um you know, that you know, other than that there really isn't uh that much news that was thrown around. Uh real quick, uh shout out to um uh, Maple Avenue Boxing and Fitness over in Dallas. Um when I was um, over in the Dallas area covering the fight card that was featured with um Jesse Vargas and uh Mikey Garcia I did stop by um, Maple Avenue Boxing and Fitness um, you know I had a uh, interview uh, there over at that um, boxing facility uh, they did provide me with a you know shirt there so shout out to Maple Avenue Boxing and Fitness uh, there so um, might have uh, more things to talk about with uh, those that are running that particular gym here in the future as you know things are opening back up they do have a few things going on in that particular gym. Uh, still following the safety protocols. Uh, Therefore, uh, people that do visit Maple Avenue Boxing and Fitness. Uh, so, if you're in the uh, Dallas, Texas area, you you could uh, go over there and check them out um, and see if there's a way that you could have a you know a session uh, there at that facility or uh, something to where they could uh, schedule something for you. Right um you know with that being said i know that um uh, you know Matt had a guest that would um your know, caller that would have came back on but uh, i'm going to uh, put in uh early uh, into this particular episode of the box source radio show um for those that are you know watching on youtube thank you all for uh doing that um this podcast will be available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, Spotify, whatever you use for a podcast. And like I say, at the end of every show, folks, the point of boxing, it's a hit and not get hit. Not to stand and trade. On that note, folks, I'm out. Have a good evening, everybody.